Today our topic is the roots of Christian worship. How do we have the structure of the worship that we have today? And I'm talking about 4th century. What happens after the 15th century? That's another topic. But how did we get the form of the worship that we have today? What we have just completed is called the Liturgy of the Word. And what you'll notice in that is that we pray for the world, for the peace of the world, for the fruit of the world, for the leaders of the world. We pray for our families, for our congregation, for our bishop. And then we have antiphons, antiphonie. That is, in the old days, singing back and forth, antiphonal singing. Uh, then we have the reading of the scripture, the epistle. We have the entrance with the, the gospel book. Then the reading from the epistle. We have Iosotheos, Holy God, Holy Mighty. Where did these things come from? Did they just drop out of the sky? Well, if we look at the Bible, if we study the scriptures, we can find in it the roots of early Christian worship. And I'll mention a few and you will remember them. In the Gospel this morning, in Orthros, we read of Christ on the road to Emmaus. He was traveling with two of his disciples, and they were talking, and they said, Don't you know about these things that have taken place? And they begged him to stay with him for a while, which he did. And then he broke bread and distributed it, and their eyes were opened, and then he vanished. We also read in Acts about the agape meal, that there was a meal of gathering together and feasting, and then there was the offering of the body and the blood. And those who partook unworthily, in other words, not recognizing the body and the blood of Christ, died that day. We also remember Jesus preaching in the synagogue, and, and Isaiah, and fulfilled this day in your hearing, being Christ, the one who was proclaimed. And after his resurrection and ascension, Paul and Peter continually met in the synagogue, preaching and teaching. We also remember Christ driving the money changers out of the temple. The temple was where sacrifices were offered. And he drove them out, not because they were buying and selling offerings, it's because they were offering things that they didn't make, that their blood and sweat and tears didn't go into raising, and the meaning had been lost of offering. So those references refer to Jewish tradition and Jewish custom. We also remember at the Transfiguration on Mount Tabor, Christ went up to Mount Tabor and appeared with Elijah and Moses, the law and the prophets. And what did Peter say? Let us build a tabernacle. What was the tabernacle? The Feast of Tabernacles commemorated the Jews' exile in the desert. When Moses led them out into the desert, he took with him a tabernacle. And the tabernacle was a portable structure that was divided into half. Half was the Holy of Holies, where they offered sacrifice. The other half is where they kept the implements, and the tables and the implements of sacrifice. 
So all these things are rooted in Jewish tradition. And we see that the New Testament is reflected in the prophecies of the Old Testament. So the Old and New Testament are not unrelated. They are connected. But what we see is a gradual, slow transition in the worship which was of the tabernacle, and once they had stability, became the temple that David had intended to build, but ended up going to his son Solomon who built. And then we have the destruction, the first exile, and that is by the Assyrians in the 7th century BC. They're cast out of the temple. It took a solid society, it took civilization in order to have the ability to worship God, the stability and the freedom to offer sacrifices to God. And the second, second exile to Babylon, when the Babylonians conquered, conquered uh, Judea, the southern kingdom, they were exiled to Babylon, and there, since there was no place to offer sacrifices, we begin to see synagogue, synagogi, seen the place together with of gathering. The people would gather for prayer. Now in the temple, it was the high priest, the priestly fam, uh, family of Aaron that would offer sacrifices. But in the temple, they didn't have sacrifices. They had a rabbi, a teacher. Christ was called rabbi. So in the temple, in the, in the synagogue, they would gather regularly for what? They would gather for petitions. They would gather for the reading of scripture. And they would gather for antiphonal hymn singing, singing of the Psalms. In the temple, they had all kinds of musical instruments and fanfare and festivity in the offering of sacrifices. But once they were exiled, there was no joy. They were exiled from the temple. So there was only the human voice, only singing in the synagogue. So they would have antiphonal singing. They would pray as we prayed for the life of the world. And they would read the scriptures. Now the reason Jesus was able to stand up and comment on the scriptures, as later did Peter and Paul, is because any male of a certain age was allowed to stand up and offer commentary. And that continued in the Orthodox Church as it evolved in that there would be a series of sermons. We read St. John's Chrysostom sermons. They would go on for an hour. But there may be several sermons and commentaries on Scripture with the bishop of the church giving the final sermon. So the roots of early worship were really rooted in the synagogue. And up to this point, what we see is that manifested. We see it in the petitions. We see it in the procession with the gospel. And the reason that there was a procession, it seems kind of artificial today that, that the scriptures are already here, but in the early church, the scriptures were the lifeblood of the community. And they had to be protected. Why? Because they didn't have kinkos. They only had scribes. They had people that hand wrote these documents. 
And the Roman soldiers, in the, in, as the church began to spread and they were under persecution, they would come to the churches, to the gathering place, and they would ask for their scriptures. There is a document of a legal document where they went and they wanted to write out everything in case they were accused of doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. But they came and they asked. And they asked, they collected all the chalices, the patents, the vestments. And then they asked, where are your scriptures? And the man said, I don't know. Who has them? One of the deacon has them. Where does he put them? They, they wouldn't tell them where the scriptures were. The Romans knew that to destroy the church, they had to have the Scriptures. And so they searched for the Scriptures, but the Christians protected the Scriptures. So what they did was, they had the Scriptures in another place. So it was brought in procession to the people to be read. So we make a small procession with the Scriptures, and we raise it up high to show this is the Word of God in our midst. We also, after we make the small entrance, we sing, Holy, Holy, Holy God. Yesterday I was in Augusta, and they were bringing the relics of St. Alexander, St. Alexandros, the Bishop of Constantinople, the Patriarch, and they were bringing his relics to the church. And the way they would receive relics is in procession. And we do this when we're married. We do this when we receive the bishop. We process singing, Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, the hymn of angels. It's an Old Testament hymn. So all these elements of our worship weren't arbitrarily invented. They had a purpose. Now, if we look at the words of the day of the week, if we look at it in English, we don't get much sense of a liturgical cycle. We have Friday, Saturday, Saturn, based on Saturn, Sunday, based on the sun, sun god. But if you look at the Greek words, we have Pateskevi. Pateskevi means the day of preparation. We don't have Saturday, we have Sabato. The Sabbath. We don't have Sunday. We have Kiriaki, the Lord's Day. So in the early church, Sabbath, the Sabbath, was the day that they would meet and gather. Sunday was the day of the agape meal. Sunday was the day of resurrection. So those are the two elements that we see our service divided into. We have the liturgy of the Word, which we've just completed, and now we would begin the liturgy of the faithful. So in this you will see procession with the elements. We'll talk about that. We'll see the recitation of the creed, the Lord's Prayer, the receiving of communion, uh, and then the apolysis, and I'll tell you more about that at the end.